Hi, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for supporting this podcast on the Corolla Digital Network. Everyone here at Corolla Digital is very proud of the shows that we put out every week and are excited about the future of our network. However, a patent troll is threatening that future by suing us. We need to fight back and beat the troll down. If we go down, all the other shows on the other networks you've grown to love are going to go down next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll to donate and find out other ways that you can help beat the patent trolls. Thank you and mahalo. This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. I would like to welcome a new sponsor of the show, PetFlow.com. PetFlow.com is the most convenient place on the web to buy pet food with free shipping and scheduled auto delivery. No more trips to the store. PetFlow.com features more than 100 health-conscious pet supply brands for customers to choose from. Tired of always picking up your pet's food or adding a 30-pound bag to your shopping cart when doing food shopping? Do you hate lugging around that huge pack on your back and making a special trip out of the house just for your pet's food? Don't do it anymore. Go to www.petflow.com and type in the promo code BESTFRIEND and start saving time and money today. They offer a very convenient way to schedule your pet's food and have it shipped free right to your door. Make sure to visit petflow.com and use the promo code BESTFRIEND every day because they do daily doorbusters with prices as low as a penny. Give petflow.com a try today and get 20% off your pet's favorite food and more. Once again, that's petflow.com and use the promo code BESTFRIEND to start saving money and time, which we could all use more of. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here with Courtney Robertson, whom you may know as one of the most disliked villains of all time from The Bachelor, from the Ben season. Um, and she's the author of this new book, I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends, Confessions of a Reality Show Villain. And she's also um, a model and um, you're probably doing lots of other stuff too, right? You know, mainly just commercials now as far as modeling goes, but hello. So then, yes, you're a, a commercial star. <laughs> so, okay, I have so, so many questions. I don't watch every season of The Bachelor, but I did watch your season. Very emotionally involved in it. Oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, actually not, perhaps, I'm also, I also used to get emotionally involved in Bachelor Pad. Did you watch... Yeah, those? I watched those too. Yeah, okay. Um, that's so funny. Who were you rooting for in my season? No one, <laughs> honestly. Okay, but but I want to make this I want to make this interesting to the listeners who don't necessarily watch Bachelor either. So that's so. Let me just ask. There you I, go. So many. Are you not a Bachelor watcher? No. <laughs> so many angles to go down. But first, here's what I want to know, because whenever I watch that show, I'm always like all of these beautiful and sometimes not always beautiful women are convinced they're in love with this guy who looks like a mole (laughs) or just isn't doesn't seem worthy of all of this 
are they really convinced that they're in love with him? Are they really in love with him? Or is it that when you take a whole bunch of people, deprive them of their outside influence and make them all fight for one person, it's like that person just becomes this unattainable, perfect thing? That's a really good question. And I think it's different for everyone. But like on my season, like it seemed like all the girls, a lot of the girls were like, I'm in love. Like from like night one, it was just like very um, intense. And um, I was different. I was a little bit more like, wait, do I like him? And like Mm -hmm. it was embarrassing a little bit. Like, oh, my God, I'm like, you know, here dating a guy who's dating 24 other girls. Like this is not what I normally do. Right. But then you did fall for him at a certain point, right? Yes, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't have put myself through all that um, if I wasn't really falling for him and having, like, real feelings for him. So, yeah, no, I definitely did. It was very real for me. I get asked that the most. Like, was it real? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I wouldn't have put myself through that hell if it wasn't. I think because people watch and we're just like, I'm not seeing what they see in him. In your season, wait, what terms are you on with him now? Um, no terms. Okay, fine. <laughs> Which is fine with me. Considering that, then, more that season than the others, I was like, I do not see what they see in this guy. He seems awful. He actually, there were moments where I was like, he seems unkind. And I haven't had, I did not feel bad about Jake. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Like, I didn't really see that. I didn't watch my season. But, like, during, like, at the end of our relationship, actually, like, during our breakup talk, I'm like, you're not even very nice to me. Like, I don't think you like me at all. Like, for me, I was like, I moved on pretty quickly, and it was so nice to be around a man who just was nice to me. Mm-hmm. And would, like for like nine months, I was just like in this relationship, and I don't know, I didn't really, I was really trying hard to make it work, but I don't know, I just, um, I didn't watch, but I, I know like what people were saying about him, and I think that like they didn't show some of his like funnier sides, like I imagine, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't know why that is, but um, you know, I know he was like, oh, like I did this funny skit, and they didn't show it, and. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's not a bad guy. He was just not the right guy for me. Well, so it was interesting because as I was watching, um, you really did seem it's like like you were people weren't rooting for you, really, your season because you seemed mean and kind of manipulative and and conniving. Um, and I was just there to win. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, they show, you know, it was like saying winning, winning like right. Charlie Sheen, which was like, oh, totally rubbing people the wrong way. And But then, but then it was, but also it was that thing of like, ugh. and I think you mentioned this in your, in your book a bit, like, of, well, of course she's going to win. Of course the model who's not even following the rules is, <laughs> you know, who's trying to get him to go skinny dipping while he's on a date with someone else. Like, of course she's going to win. But then by the time the reunion shows came around, you seemed much more sympathetic. How much of, like, what's your take on that? How much of that was the way they edited it? How much was it real? Right. Well, I think it got worse for me throughout the season. Like, and I think what viewers don't really pick up on is, like, these girls didn't know what I was saying about them when I was living with them. But when it was airing, you'd see me in these interviews saying all this stuff, and, like, my voice would be dubbed over a scene. But those girls at the time didn't know I was saying those things about them. And they were saying things about me, too. I mean, but I just – I kind of wish they would have shown some of the other things, but it made for a good TV. Um, but by the time I went to, like, the women tell all, I was, like, totally deflated, totally just, like, pummeled in the media, and people were selling stories on me. It was like my life blew up, and, and that's really why I wrote the book was to, like, be like, hey, look, there's two sides to every story, and um, this is what – I wanted fans to see what it's like 
on a daily basis while filming because Mm -hmm. there's so much like as there's like so many amazing fans of the show and they don't like when you're watching like you just take take it as it comes like but there's so much more that's actually going on so how do the confessional interviews work I mean that is it's I, people are always surprised. Like I was gone for two and a half months, and like you said, you're totally cut off, and you film all day, every day. Um, you don't really have days off, so they're draining. For me, I was like, this sucks. Like I'm talking about my feelings on camera, and I'm crying, and I'm melting down. And for me, it was really hard. That was the hardest part of the show. The um, the the interviewing open, emotionally honest on camera. Because that's, I would imagine, that's like a big, almost like in the way that you were saying that if you refuse to do nudity, you get sent home from a a modeling shoot. I would imagine if you're on The Bachelor and you you refuse to cry on camera or to be open, they'll be like, we chose the wrong person. I know. And that's one thing I learned is definitely like how to be more open. And But you know people are watching. And, you know, I just could have been a little bit more careful about like what I said. Um, But I think, well, I mean, obviously the hardest part was living with the girls that we're falling in love with the same guy I was. I mean, it's just such an unnatural situation. And um, But, yeah, the interview process is like – so what's actually aired is like a per, 1% of what's actually filmed. So I think that that's key for people to kind of keep in mind and, and look for those little signs of like, oh, it's a voiceover. And, you know, it just – and the dramatic music is playing in the background. Sometimes you'll even notice a weird edit. Yes. In the voiceovers. Oh, definitely. And I was watching in preparation for writing the book and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, thank God. My my friends that are producers like don't don't want you probably shouldn't watch. And, you know, after watching and like seeing him with how he was with the other girls, I was like so turned off. But um, it'd be like I said something and I was like, wait a minute. I said that two countries ago. Like this is <laughs> what's happening. Like the wheels are falling off. But it made for good TV. And, you know, but, but I mean, our. When you're when when they do those confessional interviews, what kind of questions are they asking? Are they because I mean I've done a lot of on camera stuff, not not reality shows, but you know where they're asking a very leading question, and then you just repeat their question and put your thing on. And I always wonder, are they leading you guys in certain directions in these interviews? I think looking back, um, I could have been a little bit wiser and like done my research. I didn't really watch the show before I went on it. I only watched like here, like kind of like you, like here and there. Like I caught Jillian Harris this season. But um, yeah, it's like I remember specifically I talked about in the book, like, you know, like the skinny dipping thing. It was like, I don't, you hear me saying like, I don't know if he's ever skinny dipped with the models because they asked me that, you know. And Oh, you, so they, okay. So guys in the booth who didn't watch this show. A big plot point was that she went skinny dipping with Ben. But wasn't there something underhanded about it? Like, wasn't it – didn't you steal him away from someone else to go skinny dipping? Well, it was at the end of his date that he – it was, like, the first one-on-one date where he actually sent someone home. And, like, the thing I talk about in the book is, like, the day before he said, like, you know, I'm probably going to send her home. Like, you know, I was like, hey, well, maybe we'll, you know, bring this to light because we were talking about going skinny dipping. So, oh. um, but right. I don't know so if people her, saw that. You hear her say, I don't know if he's ever gone skinny dipping with a model. And as the viewer, you're like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Perfect, beautiful person. Stupid model. Like, why are you even <laughs> talking about that? It's like, I, that's something I would never say in my real life, you know, or answer. And I should have in the moment been like, oh, you know, I don't want to answer that. And, um, but I was, like, talking to my friends, and I was, like, trying to make their jobs easier, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't navigate it as well as I could have. Do you feel exploited at all? I mean, now I feel great, and, like, having written this book, like, and sharing the whole truth with everybody, I feel great, but definitely while the show was airing, I felt totally thrown under the bus, like, completely alone, 
here I am now in my real life and I have paparazzi outside my door and nobody to be like, hey, this is how you deal with it. This is your life now. Um, so I, I don't know if I'd say exploited, but like even the skinny dipping scene, this is something that most people don't know, was like when we did that, it was like, hey, no one's going to see anything. It's going to be blurred. And then the first promo ran on like Good Morning America and the, the edit that they got was actually not censored. And so some creep online grabbed it, put it in slow motion, and there I am on you know just on the internet naked. So how did you end up doing the? How did you end up on the show? Well, I, you know, I talk about in the book. I definitely learned a pattern. It was like a serial rebounder, but I've really had long relationships. And um, I was watching Ben on Ashley's season, and I was like, he's cute, like. And I kind of knew, I thought that they would get engaged, and then she turned him down. Like, he got down on one knee, and then she lifted him up by the elbow and was like, no, sorry. Um, But that was when I, like, signed up online. And um, I just, I was like, let's just try it. Let's just take a chance. My sister's a huge fan of the show, and she really encouraged me. And um, I almost backed out, though. I almost backed out at the last minute. I was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm just... I don't have a hard time meeting guys. I have a hard time meeting guys that are ready to be serious. I don't know if you have a ring on your... I'm married, but I had years and years and years of always... But I think that some part of me was like, oh, this one won't be serious. I'll go for that one. Like, I, I always, mean, I just chose the wrong guy. Well, I, mean, I feel I, like I, my, my guy picker is a little off. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, it's like hard in LA and I live in Santa Monica and I constantly keep meeting actors, and which is fine, you know, but... It's just what comes with that. And right. um, so I was like, this guy looks great. He's a winemaker. I like wine. Let's try something new. And it just, you know, we were really happy for a moment in time. Like there was a moment in time where I was like, you know, what? I think we can make it. Like we started talking about planning a wedding. and um, But ultimately we weren't the perfect, you know, match for one another. Yeah. So what happened between you guys? Why would you break up? You know, it was a lot of different things and it was like such a hard time. Like I really felt like I lost myself in that relationship, which I know a lot of women do that. And um, but I think the there was a couple deal breakers for me, but the main one was my voice. Like and I talk about that in the in the book. And he was like, oh, your your voice. And it it just put him in a bad mood. And you have this baby voice. And now I'm like trying to talk to my good <laughs> voice. But um, that's something I can't change. And I felt like I was being cut down constantly. And like I said, I just want to be with someone who's like easy to get along with and nice to me. I could imagine feeling like, well, if you don't like that about me, you don't like me. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, and there were so many factors. And I was like, I really, there was at one point I was like, could I just settle? Like, maybe I could be happy. Like, maybe this is the best it's ever going to get. And I love that feeling of being engaged. And I definitely want that, but um, the voice part was really tough for me. That really that was a kicker. Did you get the sense that he actually wanted to settle down? Because as a viewer, you get the sense that oh, he just wants to date hot chicks. <laughs> well, I I thought so when we left the show. I was like, wow, like we were so in love, and he was very lovey dovey. And then the wheels started falling off. And, like, I remember six months into the relationship, it's in the book. He's like, Courtney, it was so naive of you to go on a show thinking you were going to find love. I'm like, well, that's the only reason I went. Um, but, you know, I think that a lot of people go on these shows to promote things. And and, and that's how I feel. I feel like he did it to promote his, his business. It's Yeah, it's really interesting for me to hear that you went on specifically because you already kind of liked him. I did. That's I had a not... crush on him. It's, that's kind of creepy. It's actually kind of creepy. But I like tell girls that are watching at home, like, it's not that crazy. No, I don't think 
I personally don't think it's that creepy because my <laughs> husband and I met each other because he heard me on the Adam Carolla show and then he read a bunch of stuff I wrote and he That's emailed amazing. me and yeah so but I always think because he and that happens to me on Twitter I get yeah. up on Twitter a little bit I'm like are you a catfish like can you send me a selfie right now right, I know <laughs> um yeah so but I but I still feel like oh no like I'm the fact that my husband felt like we just had to meet because we would be he was so compelled. right for yeah right for each other and it turned out that he was right to me that always amazes me because I That's feel like, like the best story ever it, I ever. feel like it should give hope to to romantics because I feel like so often no everyone who wants to meet you thinks that and then you meet them and you're like no it's that's not the the truth but right. in this case it actually well, was. that's happened to me a lot lately like and then it's like oh this is not a ma- match and you know right away like this is not a love connection <laughs> but it's time consuming and it you know for a while it was like super down on love and I was like you know having come off the show like how am I going to meet someone who doesn't have this like preconceived notion of me and yeah I love skinny dipping though I mean that's you know but like it was such like a it's just like a storm and it's now past and um, I'm meeting people. I'm totally single, but it's just like finding the right one. A storm because that people were saying such mean stuff to you or is that what you mean? I mean, just, or just the, the attention for me it was hard and like people having this idea of me and I'm this horrible person. And then like my relationship was crumbling and losing total privacy and not being able to go to the press and talk. I couldn't, I mean, Picture your kind of like world crumbling and you sitting there and not being able to say anything. Like, now, why weren't you my able nature. to? Just because you're under contract and, you know, I just. But this was after. It was. Oh, do you mean while during, it was airing? Yeah, while the oh, show right. was airing well, and yeah, even that, after. I, that, the timing of it. First of all, I didn't realize you're there for 12 weeks. That's crazy. <laughs> I figured it was like, aren't there? I feel like there are reality shows that film in like five days or something. I know. Maybe I'm. I maybe that doesn't really happen, but that's my sense. My sense is that these things aren't that long. So you're essentially sequestered for twelve weeks, and then once it starts airing, and at this point you're already engaged to him, but you can't wear the ring. You yep. can't. No one can know for four months. And if you reveal it, what happens? Oh, I don't know. I think like they, they probably chop my head off or something. Yeah, I mean. I just, like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, that was probably the weirdest time. I was, like, so happy. And then I was like, oh, I'm not happy. And, like, all this stuff is happening. And I felt like he started to believe what everything was coming out. Like, people would write things on blogs, and then it would turn into a story. And it's, like, some crazy person sitting behind their computer saying, like, oh, I hate her. She wore white to my friend's wedding. And it's, like, I don't know. Who makes this stuff up? Like, (laughs) and now it's a story. Like, I mean, I couldn't say anything. So, I mean, just that's, like, very minor. But, like. I had death threats. I had people telling me. Death threats? Yeah. Like, it was crazy. Like, I didn't go into it thinking, like, when I left Switzerland, I was so in love. Like, I was like, yes, I got my fairy tale ending. This guy's great. Like, I know I needed to learn a lot about him, but we can do it. And it just was, it was a nightmare. But, you know, I'm happy I did it. I have, I definitely made some good friends. And it really taught me, like, how to be strong. Like, I leaned on my friends and my family. and, And I learned who my true friends were. Like, I had really good friends selling stories on me did you really yeah and my whole world just crumbled and and in the meantime the guy that I was with wasn't there to like help me get through it so were you even allowed to contact him during that time oh yeah we talked like all the time and like we were great for a while and then you know it just I think it was like after the skinny dipping thing like it got really bad and he just was like you know calling me like once a week and then valentine's day rolled around and I didn't get, like, I got a text. It's like, this is a really weird day for me. And I was like, yeah, this you need to call me. Like, this isn't 
this isn't working. I'm done fighting for you. Like, after having to fight for one man, like, with all those women, and then now to be feeling this, it was like, you got to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a strong decision. You know what else is a strong decision? This is a commercial. Um, <laughs> just warning you in case you're actually going to answer um, from something from your own life. But uh, but it's, it's not a commercial. It's something I feel strongly about, actually, which is Blue Apron. I've talked about them on the show before, um, and I love them. Do you cook? I do. I love cooking. You should check out Blue Apron because it takes the stress and the expense out of cooking if that's something that you deal with. Because what they do is they send you all the ingredients that you need, like perfectly measured out. Oh, I've heard and about that. Yeah. It's the best service ever. And they send you instructions for how to make the meal, the 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 items that they sent you into a meal. And it's um, like... For you, it'd be super easy because you're you like to cook already. But even if you don't know how to cook at all, they make it so easy because it's like step by step instructions and then pictures, and it's really good stuff too. It's like short rib burgers on pretzel buns, kung pao chicken tacos, all sorts of delicious stuff. It's just nine ninety nine a meal. They send the ingredients right to your door in the exact right proportions. Simple recipe instructions. Meals are five hundred to seven hundred calories per serving. Uh, way too low for how delicious they are, and you can cook incredible meals and be blown away by the quality and freshness. And you can impress other people with your culinary skills. And yes, I said culinary. <laughs> I split the difference between culinary and culinary. Uh, and the stress of cooking right now. Go to blueapron.com slash Allison and get your first two meals free. That's right. Two meals free just for going to blueapron.com slash Allison. Okay. So you were saying that uh, your friends stole, sold stories. How do you know? Um, well, at one point, I, it's in the book, I kind of wised up and I was like, I need one person on my side. And I reached out to a media like under, you know, just like undercover. And um, it kind of started to change a little bit in that, in that, at that point, I started working with the media a little bit. And um, the guy I was working with at one of the magazines was like, hey, there's this guy sending in stories and like pictures of you and him. And, and I was like, I knew who it was. And like, there were things being leaked about me that only like, a few people knew. So right. it was pretty easy to pinpoint um, who, and like then also like who stood up for me, like my ex-boyfriend of seven years, like didn't sell a story, like stood up for me, like some of my best friends from high school and, you know, and hell, some of, even one of my best friends didn't like, mm. just like, oh, just like kind of bowed out. And that was, you know, cause I was like, I can't say anything like, you know, can you guys? <laughs> right. So. But when you would hear what people thought of you, were you like, that's not me. They're bending the truth, or did you feel like they're not showing the whole picture? Like, are like, do, are you a bit of a mean girl? Well, I think I'm tough, and I think I'm pretty direct, and especially when I'm like backed into a corner. And I think that people didn't what they didn't realize is they were only seeing part of the story, and um, it was bad. It was really like I said those things, but um, taken out of some things were taken out of context, and I think. I really think it did me a disservice in not watching because in my mind I thought, oh, my God, this must be so much worse than it is. And my sister would call me at the end of, like, each episode and be like, well, it's not that bad. This is what they showed you saying. And she's like, it's not like you're raping puppies or anything. You were a fun villain. Right. I mean, I was like, I'm not – and like I said, I was saying those things not to their face, like, in the interview room. And, like, it was the kind of thing I was like, these girls are talking about you. Like, you might want to start, you know. Oh, that – oh, really? And I was like, oh, like, cause like I went into it, I was like, I'm not going to talk bad about anybody. Like, I'm just going to stay out of it. Like, I had a game plan. I was like, I'm going to make friends with everybody. And it just didn't go that way. Oh, can you get a little oh, yeah. closer to Sorry. the microphone? I'm getting nope. so comfortable. <laughs> lounging here. No problem. Oh, I'm trying to remember. 
at the beginning, I was like, I want to make this interesting to people who don't watch Bachelor. And now I'm like, I want to ask specifically what happened on episode three. Of, <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember who the girls were on that season because I know I probably have specific questions just for like one minute. So people who aren't into Bachelor, just just give us one more minute and then we're delving into other stuff like your mom's very uh, anti-men thoughts, um, which I want to get into. But, okay, Jacqueline, Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Was on your and Lindsay, Lindsay with a Z, KCB, KCS, who was my best friend, who like totally stood up for me. Um, KCS, was she blonde? Yes, tall blonde. Because KCB was the one that gained a bunch of weight at some point, and no one ever addressed it, right? I think no, not KCB. KCB was the girl from what Tennessee? No, Tennessee. I think that's she's right. like a dental hygienist or something. Oh, that was I, Nikki. I'm Nikki from Texas. <laughs> no, there were so many. And Blakely, who was the one who? Blakely. Who was the one who went on the first date with Ben in Sonoma or something like KCB. that? Yeah. KCB. I really – no, I think she came back. She and came I, back. At maybe yeah. she didn't gain a bunch of weight, but I was like she I, – I, now I sound like an asshole. But See? She looked different. I mean, I didn't – I guess it's easy. I saw her recently. I saw her. I was doing an interview, and she was like, they pinned us against each other. And I was like, they did? Really? And then I told my friend that, and he's like, Courtney, she was the ringleader. I'm like, oh, God. Was she really? Apparently. So I don't even know. I mean, everybody was talking about each other. So it was like – I mean, gosh, I just wish they would have focused more on the love. But, I mean, it's entertaining for fans yeah. of the show. And um, But Casey B, she went, she came back to Switzerland and, like, warned Ben. And it was, like, right after oh, our overnight right. date. Yes, she warned him about you. He got – all the girls warned him about you. Oh, they all did. They How'd were all, like, that? in the lather. I mean, I didn't know what they were doing or saying, but I just – for me, I just thought, like, you idiots, like, why are you spending your time with him talking about me? Right. I didn't do that once with him, but he kept bringing it up. It's like, well, how are you getting along with the girls in the house? And I'm like, why does it Who matter? Cares, yeah. But did you you knew you were winning, basically, right? I mean, he kind of told me, like, there were signs. Like, he'd give me the rose, like, first, and he didn't want me to have to, like, sit through rose ceremonies. Or, like, when we went skinny dipping, we didn't have audio, which was smart. Because I was at the point where I was like, you know, like, if this isn't going to go anywhere. Like, I could go home. Like, I miss my family. And for me, that was really a turning point where I was like, you know what? This is, like, he told me how he felt about me out there. And I talked about that in the book. Like, you know, he pretty much was like, you know, you're it. You slept with him during the season. Um, was that in the fantasy suite or before that even? And well, the skinny dipping, oh. it was just like kind of, you know, test this out sort of thing. Just a, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. But, um, and that was kind of smart too. I was like, I'm not going to go through all this and then like get to the end and be like, surprise, like this is what you surprise, signed up for. penis. Yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, like, thanks. Um, so yeah. And then the fantasy suite, obviously. Do you Think that the other girls also slept with him? Like, is there – because as a viewer, that's one of the things where you're like, did they? You know, no, they did. No, I don't know. Did they? And I'm never clear whether there's a lot of sex or not that much sex happening. I think it's different on every season. Like, I know, like, Sean didn't – like, I think his whole thing was, like, he didn't – you know, he was the virgin bachelor. And I think – um you know, for me, I was like, I don't want to know. Like I told Ben that. I was like, I don't want to know. Then one of my friends after told me. So I did find out that, yeah, he did. Your friend who had watched it or a friend on the show? Friend on the show. Exactly. And, um, you know, I don't, I just, when I found that out, we were actually together and doing well. Mm. And then like he brought one of the girls up to me, like during like our relationship. And I was like, you slept with her. And he was kind of like a non-denial. But for me, I was like, looking back, my God, I got engaged like two days after that happened. Like, that's crazy. Like, 
But I kind of wanted him to sell his wild oats. It's like, hey, if we're going to get married, like, it's kind of now or never. Um, you know, do what you got to do. Um, I, I do think some people use that as, like, maybe they know who they're going to pick, but they use it as, like, well, maybe something. Because it's the only time that you get to talk without cameras around. So I, I think that they do owe it to themselves to have that time. In the fantasy suite is the only yeah, time? Yeah, exactly. So you so mean, like, they already they know. Sex. Oh, I yeah, see what like you're saying. They, usually by that point, the people already know who they're going to pick. But that's kind of awkward, too, because then you get into the suite and it's like, you know, obviously they, they're all going to want to hook up. But if he already knows who he's going to pick, but it's the only time you can really talk off camera. Well, I was going to ask that. So you had sex on camera, basically. Was that weird? Um, well, the camera was so far away and we were underwater. I was like, nobody's going to know. Like nobody knew until I told them. You know, I, I've never talked about it till now. I think people assumed though. I mean, you were watching. Yeah, I think, I think so. But like I said, I'm somehow I'm never quite sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, it was just kind of happened. It wasn't planned. Like that wasn't my plan going into it, but it was just like kind of in the moment and YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that thing of having already had you already have your mind made up, but you're in the fantasy suite with someone else. As a woman, it, like if it, if I were the Bachelorette or something, that is that makes me feel like ugh. I would feel guilty. I wouldn't do it. I would just be like, hey, it's that time or whatever excuse. Yeah. You know, like totally conflicted. Like because I know. can't. I. I could never date more than one person at once, even though all the dating books say you're supposed to because then you don't get too yes. hooked on anyone. Like, yeah, I've date read at that. least three, right? I could never do that because I always liked one more than the others and then I felt really And then you get your facts of... wrong. You're like, wait, were you telling me? Like, I, <laughs> I tried that last year when I was dating. I was like, oh, my God, this is exhausting. I'm, like, getting all my facts wrong. And But you're even – I mean, it's okay to tell them, like, oh, I'm dating a lot of people, according to the books. I you can hate say that. that. Every yeah. guy that I've dated, they don't want to know that. They're like – you know, I just want you to date me. And it's like, well, I don't know if I'm that into you. It's just, it's like, I read that dating book. What is it? Um, How to get a date worth keeping. And it's the same thing, like date multiple people. And I mean, I guess I just, if it was me and I was picking someone, I don't think that I would sleep with the other people, but I'm a girl, right. you know, it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, these are guys. Yeah. You know, like my mom said, men are pigs. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. So your mom, your mom from the time you were what, like six? Was oh, yeah, really saying, <laughs> don't trust men, men are pigs, always, what is what's the other advice? Oh, always marry someone who loves you more than you love them. Yeah, the rest of your life to let a man screw it up. Yeah, she was very like, do your thing, like, don't get serious about a guy young. Like, I wasn't allowed to date till I was 16. Um, and she's just always been like, you know, you just take your time. Like, you don't need to be settled down. And like, even when I did the show, she's like, are you? ready to get married and I'm like yeah I am like I'm really you know I'm 31 now and at the time I was 28 and I was like I'm ready like mm-hmm. I'm ready to get married so um but yeah she's she's a tough one she's definitely kind of sassy and her advice now I'm like wow it makes so much sense because I've had so many guys be shady but do you think like are you happy that you received that advice as a, as a young person or do you think it made you see the world a certain way you know it's an interesting question. I've never been asked that, but, um, you know, I think I'm happy I did, honestly, because, like, I did take my time. I was a late bloomer, and once I got, you know, you know, started dating, I really got a little boy crazy, so 
And now I'm like happily single and I'm like, you know what? This is great. Like I could be like Diane Keaton and like never get married. I've actually entertained <laughs> that idea of like this is pretty great being alone and just like dating who I want. And like Cameron Diaz, like she's kind of got a good thing going on. Well, that's when you're going to meet the person, I think. I think that's when it ha- – well, I think that's when it happens. I think when you get to that point – I'm just going to talk about how it was for me because I don't want to be like, Well, I love to hear about that. I'm like such a hopeless romantic and I love hearing those stories because right now I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. My whole life I always was in pursuit of someone. Like there was always either someone I had a crush on or I was dating someone or and I was getting over them by liking someone else. Like I couldn't imagine not having that person that I thought of when I closed my eyes. I just always, always, always the next person that I was like – like. It was like a drug to me. Um, And then after a certain relationship broke up, for the longest time, I was just so happy not to be in a relationship. And I expected that would go away in like a short amount of time and then I'd be ready to have a relationship again. But instead I would be at a restaurant and I would see couples together and I'd think, oh, thank God I'm not in a relationship anymore. (laughs) And it just went on and on and like it didn't go away. And then I really – I was like – I was – not put on this earth to be someone's nervous girlfriend. I because the minute I liked someone, then I began to analyze everything, you and I felt lose like you're cool when you really totally. like somebody. You and get, lose like, myself, like you said that mm-hmm. you had done that. Yes, yeah, definitely. So, I'm like, oh, I just really want this to work, and you just kind of lose your opinion, your groove, and my whole it became my yeah. whole focus always. My friends are like that too, and we constantly like talk about it. and like I just listen to my girlfriends that are in relationships, and like half the time they're not happy. And complaining, but I also have some really fine examples of like my sister's married and so happy, and I can see like so clearly why some couples work. Yeah. But um, in then at the end of the day, it's like you can't overthink it, and like I'm at that place now where I'm like, you know, I've just been so busy with the book, like I'm not even thinking about love right now. I'm I'm ready though. I'm like, if it happens, it happens, but I'm not looking for it. I was just like you, like always having to have that one person to like mm-hmm. kind of fixate on, and for the first time in my life, I'm like just really happy, just being by myself yeah yeah and see I think that's when you're actually ready for it when you don't when you're kind of like I don't need this I I'm fine on my own um okay so let's see when you were young that there was a drill where okay so this is do I have this right like this is kind of how paranoid your mother was or how overprotective they were so overprotective like wouldn't let you go to the beach or no sorry wouldn't let you go to the pool when you were growing up in Arizona because she didn't want perverts looking at you in your bathing suit yep um and you guys had a family code word yeah douchebag and when was this used? <laughs> um, like if someone tried to pick us up from school unannounced, like a guy or anybody, like anyone who was like, oh, hey, your mom, you know, like we're picking you up today. Like they had to know the code, like That's the family really code. That's actually smart. It is smart. And then like, you know, we had the like drop your backpack and yes, run. Yes, I wanted to ask you, you about that. that. No, did you? Yeah. And like in elementary school, somebody came to the school and announced like you need to go home and tell your parents to come up with this. Yeah, that's why my mom came up with it. Yeah. And we picked a, a, you know, like a code word that like, my mom uses that word. Kaylin, did you have this? No, but I used to walk to school because I lived right there. So I ha- were you kidnapped ever? <laughs> Not that I can remember. One time I was walking home from school and this pickup truck truck pulled up alongside me and was like, <gasps> Hey, you want some candy? That's scary. And I was like, ah! And I ran home the rest of the way. Now, I was a fat kid, so I don't know if it was just... I don't know if they were Maybe just he just had a surplus me. of candy and was trying to get rid of it. <laughs> trying to offload it. I think, I think it might have... I don't think they actually wanted to kidnap me. I think they were just, like, making fun of the fat 
sad girl walking home. I don't That's know. So messed up. I remember, but it was it scared me. I remember the next day, this boy that <laughs> boy that I went to school with came up. And it, his mom was friends with my mom, and he's like, "Hey, I heard you almost got kidnapped." <laughs> like, Word travels quick. Yeah, That's scary. Yeah, Another, but- and, and then years later. I would ride my bike home. One time I peed all over my bike. I still don't understand why it happened. You peed your pants? Yeah. Well, I was, yeah. I, I went, I was wearing a skirt and I really had to pee. And then next thing I knew, like I was just peeing all over my bike. See, I wasn't even allowed to ride my bike to school. I was like, I took the bus. Someone walked me to the thing. They were really protective. Yeah. So what, okay. So what was the, um, the drill where you drop your bag? Oh, yeah. If somebody it was like if someone pulled up and like from the bus station, like tried to get you. And that happened to me one day, like a guy like parked his car, was getting off the bus and he started like running towards me and he had like long hair. It was really creepy. And so the, the thing, the drill was to drop your backpack and run sprint home. And I did. And my mom had to go back and like pick up my backpack. But yeah, I, I tried to get someone tried to kidnap me. Why drop the backpack? Um, Just so you could run faster. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Safety what I was thinking, first. actually, in your story. I was like. But what if there's something you want in your bag? I know. What if they take your bag? I've probably just had like a trapper, crapper, keeper, <laughs> pencils. Um, another thing that I love is that the first thing you bought with your money was three dogs. Three pugs. My first modeling job. Yeah. A senior in high school. Do my first shoot for Abercrombie and & Fitch. And I'm like, I'm rich. I have all this money. And I worked in the store. I got paid five twenty-five an hour. And I really only worked there so I could get like a discount on clothes. And so my dad opened a checking account and had a debit card. And my sister's like, hey, I'm going to go look at a pug. Like, you and Sarah know a lot about dogs. Come with. And we got there, and there was three pug puppies. And I was like, we'll take them all. And I went to my, my bank, and I just pulled out a bunch of cash, and we bought three pugs. Yeah, it was not the best purchase. But they're still <laughs> in the family. We still have all three of them. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, yeah, so when you started modeling, you were making, like, in a week, you'd make, like, $26,000, right? Yeah, it was good. It was different back then, too. The rates have gone down a lot. Um, but back then, it was, like, when things were still shot with film. There wasn't there wasn't even digital cameras. And it sounded like back in the dark ages. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got really lucky. Um, I really had a good run there for a while. And that's why it was so hard when it just stopped after the show. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I ruined my career for this this situation what and why because were you too recognizable afterwards is that what happened do you think you know i think it was the edit and i do think the recognizable part i'm like if i was like per, you know like perceived as like little miss sunshine or like the girl next door i'm like i still think that people wouldn't be hiring me because it takes away from the product they're selling right. but it was just really like i had regular clients saying like courtney we're gonna just let this kind of blow over and then we'll you know start booking you again and it didn't really blow over it just kind of blew up so mm-hmm. um yeah so that was tough but I had a good run there for a while and now the book has been great and that's kind of my my baby speaking of needing to look good on camera it's so hot out there the well, hotter it is the more you want to take your clothes off you want to be bikini ready you need the no-no pro you've heard me talk about the no-no the no-no pro is 35 percent up to 35 percent stronger it's a hair removal device i love it because it is absolutely painless it's just this little electronic device you glide it along your skin it removes the hair um ladies it's good for removing peach fuzz from your face and for guys it's great for removing the hair on your neck or back no nicks cuts ingrown hairs um unlike laser hair removal or waxing it's not painful messy it doesn't 
take a lot of time. You don't have to be inconvenienced by going to someone's office. You can just you can do this while you watch TV. You can do it at home. Uh, the Nona Pro works on all skin types, all hair colors, safe and effective for both men and women. The more you use it, the less you need to use it. Uh, and as I said, it removes coarse and thick hair more effectively than ever before. So great choice for guys, but of course, great choice for women as well. There's an exclusive offer for my listeners. Uh, with this offer, you get the NoNo Pro device. You get an exclusive facial kit. You get the travel case, so you can take the NoNo with you wherever you go. If you order online, you get a free gift card, and the entire purchase is backed by NoNo's triple guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund the purchase price, refund the shipping, and even pay for you to ship it back to them. You don't risk a penny to try NoNo today. Call for details. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay, get a pen. Write this down. NoNoProBestFriend.com. Or call 800-336-1665. Again, that's nonoprobestfriend.com. Or call 800-336-1665. That's where you go to get the special exclusive offer. Okay. Um, so you talked about when you were modeling, uh, it was with photographer Bruce Weber, and you said no to taking your shirt off, and they sent you home right away. Yeah. And that's when you learned. That, like, is that how you feel now? Or is that is that the conventional wisdom that on any modeling shoot you you can't say no to being nude you definitely like I mean they'll ask you at castings too like are you comfortable with you know x y and z like kissing a guy or you know there's been so many shoots that I've done where you have to like be pretty much half naked making out with a guy and um but yeah that one was a shocker that was like my second time working for them I was a senior in high school and I was like you know what no I'm gonna pass like my principal might see this um, and then the next time I did it, I was like, oh, I'm doing it. Like, I want to stay. I want to shoot with them. And they didn't even tell you why. They didn't tell you why you left. You no. just know. I knew it was. Like, I had found, kind of found out after. They're like, oh, did you say you wouldn't get naked? And I was like, yeah, I did. I was. I thought I was being a good girl. Right. And um, so that kind of cost me that job. But um, And then, then they I, would end up using the shots where you're naked but, like, covering Oh, it was yourself? like when it was like full noon. Like the catalog was like wrapped in plastic at the store when I worked oh, there. Because, like nipples and everything. Oh, everything. Oh, yeah, everything. And you were in high school. Yeah. Were you over 18? Um, I was 18. I was a late bloomer. So I got held back in kindergarten. So I was like the oldest kid in my class. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so there was a lot of nudity. But I went back when I was living in LA um, and went to Rome. And I was like, okay, I'll do this. Let's do it. And, you know, the guys can like have boners the whole time. It's crazy. And then. Someone yelled at you, you're just a squirrel trying to get a nut. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, like, what does that even mean? Well, like, the uh, that, I remember that shoots, like, totally clearly. I was, like, up in Seattle working for um, a department store, and I was still learning how to, to, like, do catalog work. Like, it's, like, a hundred shots, and you have to move each frame, and... Um, like the art director was fighting with the photographer that day or there was like already tension. And he said that to me on the shoot, like, you're just a squirrel trying to get a nut in this business. Is that and motivation? I, like, what is that? I like, left there crying and they never had me back. And it was just like an awful, Oh, like, that was him trying to cut you down. Yeah, definitely. And I was like, Hey, look, I'm doing the best I can here. I'm learning on the job. Like no one teaches you how to model. Like you really have to learn by trial and error. And it's like a really awkward, you know, and it's just like there's like certain clients that are easier and just say like, hey, these are our rules. Like no thumbs in pockets or thumbs out. Like there's like very specific things when you're mm-hmm. modeling clothes. I know it's very, you know. No, it's interesting. It's interesting. There's like little things. And like I remember like he was asking me to do one thing, but the art director behind him was asking me to do another. And then he was yelling at me when I did what she wanted to do. And I was just like, I can't figure this out. I can't. I don't know what's going on here. So I finally figured it out. It took a long time. But um, and then I got to like my regular clients and my bread and butter and supported myself and um yeah so now i've got the commercials i've been doing commercials which is actually like booking 50 modeling jobs so 
Financially, you mean? Yeah, exactly, because you get mailbox money. So, um, and then I, luckily during after the show, I had a couple commercials renew and some old jobs renew. So that that kind of helped me get through that time. What commercials are are you in right now that we might see? Um, I did uh, Direct TV and Cadillac last year, and then I had a Kettle One commercial renew, oh, nice. which was amazing. Um, so. Yeah, I worked with David O'Russell, filmed it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was just fun. It was just really cool. Um, so I have a photo shoot on Friday, and I've never done a photo shoot for a magazine. Do you have any advice for me? And things like, this is what I'm wondering, specifically. Should I, like, put in my teeth whitening trays the night before, or does Photoshop fix all that stuff? I can't Photoshop decide how far to go for everything. All that stuff, and your teeth look very white from here. Are these all um, things? <laughs> I would say, like, I don't know if you drink soda. No soda. Because it bloats you? Yeah, and it just, like, your face. Stay away from salty foods. Um, and I don't know if you drink alcohol. I don't, actually. Oh, there you go. So they always say, like, seven, no drinking seven days before a shoot. It just bloats you. Mm-hmm. Um, just makes you look puffy. Right. Um, get plenty of sleep. <laughs> you need your beauty rest, and so you don't have those dark circles. But you look great. And the makeup part, and the Photoshop, everything. Just own it. That's what I'm hoping. Because it's like they have hair and makeup and all that, and I yeah. feel like maybe eat lighter. You know, you, I'm, of course, you know, you wanna you wanna feel good and look good, but maybe have some salads. It's super boring, but how much can they do with Photoshop? Photoshop when it comes to that. Oh, everything. Yeah, they can just make you they can make you look like Pamela Anderson if you want. I had a friend who did Playboy and they made her boobs look like t- three times the size they actually are. Like I wonder how standard that is, you know. It's I mean, it's not standard. Maxim magazine or anything, but it is a magazine where they make everyone look better. Be really nice to the photographer. Okay. <laughs> and um just be like, "Hey, you know, and maybe you can get a final select, like you can right. have a say, like, "Hey, can I view them before you pick?" or they always pick the one that you're like, "Oh, darn it. Like that's not my favorite one." That's a thing that I've had to adjust to. This idea that maybe they know better than I do which shot is the best one. Because why would they go out of their way to choose one that's not good? Except, I don't know. Maybe they don't know. Well, it's like, you know, we always like know what we like best. Like, right. I like that shot of me, but like they might see something totally different. It's like an art, you know? Yeah. Um, and it depends on what the message is, too, that they're saying. Is this an interview? Yeah, it's an interview. So, I mean, the, the message is me, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's or that's not the message, but, I mean, it's it's about me. So it's, like, capturing your essence. Like, it's right. probably going to be because you seem like a fun girl. Like, fun. Like, something, maybe some fun props I'm picturing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then I don't know what it'll be. And then my other thing is I do not know how to pose. Well, I mean, like, I know which angles my face look be- looks best in, but... You don't think you're going to be in a bikini, do you? No, 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 Okay, no. then that make, then nothing to worry about. Just stand up straight. So, look, I'm slouching now. My mom always says, like, so stand up straight and keep your chin down. Chin down? Yeah, that's, like, a major thing. It's actually, like, most people walk around with their chin up a little mm-hmm. bit, but, like, keep your chin down. You have how to learn do- how to smile with your eyes. Smize. Smize? Yeah, like, practice your looks in the mirror. Okay. And also, like... <laughs> Make sure you get your makeup done the way you like. Well, that's another thing is that I don't always know how I like it. And it then it's would on. Be better it if less I did. is more because they actually can always add more in Photoshop. Right. And like, but if you have like such a dark eye on and like a red lip, mm-hmm. I mean, there's Too really much. not much you can do about that. Can you? Um, could you smize for me just so I know what it looks like? Yes. See how my lips? Like I'm not like smiling with teeth. Right. So smizing is. <laughs> <laughs> For the listener at home, this is coming alive. What you're doing is 
You like, are smiling, but your mouth is closed. Is that so? It's just smiling with a close, like with your eyes. I'm trying to do, it. and you can even keep your mouth not moving, like just with your eyes. Is it basically it's like your a muscle eyes are you doing the flex. exact same thing as they would be doing if you're smiling? So, mm-hmm. there you go. Definitely. Now smiling? maybe like kind of squint a little bit, so it really yes. There. I'm not gonna move my face till Friday. <laughs> but now maybe relax your lips, and then you can always open your lips a little bit too. Like <laughs> the best thing to do is breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, and let the the air blow through your lips. That's a little trick. All right. All right. Hang on, listeners. I'm going to try to smize one more time. You got it. Girl, you got it. Your your eyes are great. <laughs> I'm just seething. I love I'm the breathing. Seething. Well, actually, the smize – okay, so my wedding photos. There's a few wedding photos in there where I'm like, ugh, why didn't she say – yeah, yeah, like – I look like I'm glaring. Like, I look like I'm like, I'm going to kill you. Because I think she wanted to get a dramatic, non-smiling shot, but my eyes are not smizing in the least. I look like I'm, I, they're like shooting laser beams. But I think the difference is it would have been a good shot if I had some, like, happiness going on in my face instead of this, like, Well, mm-hmm. and that's, like, direction, too. And most yeah. photographers will be like, hey, like, you know, because I shoot some of my friends sometimes just because I've been behind the camera so often. And it's like... They got to give you that direction. That's yeah. That's you know? actually the, with the wedding photographer. And a good photographer will right. do that, and they'll direct you. But there's so much going on the day of. And did you get any like one that you just love though? Yeah, there's there's oh, a good. few. But that was one of my things. Was like I actually I need because the the best the shots of me that I like are when I've been with a photographer who's like okay now move your shoulder an yeah. inch to this and do this and totally. do this like oh, I I'm good with a lot of direction. Yeah, eyes over I don't here. know. What I I don't know what I'm doing. Well, find so I your need good the, angles in yeah. the mirror too, because like that's a lot of it. Is like just eyes to camera without like moving. You know, they'll say like, "Oh, like look at me," and like you don't have you know, just like little. Right. Like it's all very subtle. It's like you know, if each click is a different frame, just think of it that way, and like give them such a variation. Like most people just stand there and smile, and you know, don't move, and but then the, there's right. no variation, right? But the chin down thing, see, to me, chin down, I think, oh, that's going to create a double chin or jowls or something. Mm-hmm. Well, stand up straight and then, you know, like this and then, like, I'll show you, like, just like subtle movements like this. Because mm-hmm. what does chin down do, though? Does it elongate your neck? Mm, not really. But sometimes if your your chin is too high, you see right, right up your nose oh. or it's like a lot of neck or – and maybe make sure you have great hair. I would definitely recommend a weave. I'm wearing one right now for you. Um, just to have Are like fuller, yeah, for fuller hair. The mm-hmm. hair shop on La Brea is amazing. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be fun. You you got this. All right. Just practice your looks in the mirror. Like you know your best angles. Like you know how you like yourself in photos. Yeah, I like it where the camera's like way up top, and I'm looking up at it, and it's like, oh, she's so bony. Just, I know, and I'm they'll direct kidding. you. I know. Oh my god, eat a hamburger already. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Unhealthy. Um. All right. I think. We should do some just me or everyone, but first let's talk. So you still have your pug? Yes. Um, well, my sister does. My best friend, my pug, got shipped back to Arizona because I was traveling so much. So she's with my best friend's best friend. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other pets? No, I don't. And I'm kind of craving. I kind of want a dog, but my friends like Courtney. No, you're single. Like, don't get a dog. You're crazy. So I'm- well, if you do get one. What you should do is sign up for PetFlow.com because, I don't know, if you're like me, having to go out to the store to get pet food is always like, oh, I forgot to do that. Oh, 
but I, of course I've got to feed my dog, so I need to go out and get pet food. And then you're carrying the gigantic bag, and it's always greasy, and then you smell like dog food, uh, and it's super heavy. Don't do that. Instead, sign up for PetFlow.com because all the hard parts or the heavy parts, the lifting and the driving and all that, they take care of that because they uh, send the pet food to your door right to your door so you don't have to schlep it around. Um, you can schedule it, and the shipping is free. Go to PetFlow.com, give it a try, and you get 20% off your pet's favorite food if you use the promo code BESTFRIEND. They have stuff for dogs and cats, by the way, and they have food, treats, toys, feeders, leashes, beds, and more, and they do a daily doorbuster with prices as cheap as a penny, and they also have like all kinds of food, um, over 100 health-conscious pet supply brands. I mentioned that they have the kind of food that Oliver is currently eating, which is blue buffalo chicken and sweet potato. They also have chicken and brown rice, but I think it's the sweet potato. And actually the food, when I open it up, I'm always like, it really doesn't smell that bad. I could eat One that. One of these days, I'm going to dive in. Uh, so give PetFlow.com a try today. Get 20% off your pet's favorite food. Use the promo code BESTFRIEND. Okay, let's do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me? All right. By the way, when you leave, I'm going to think of like 600 bachelor questions that I wanted to ask. And I'll be like, oh, damn it. Why didn't I ask that? Um, Okay. Wait, was there someone on your season, though, who it turned out had a boyfriend the whole time? There was like a Casey, my good friend. Oh, yes. There was that storyline. But they weren't together when she left. So but it kind of was dramatized a little bit. But he sent her packing, right? Um, well, she, like Chris Harrison came in and was like, he had called the show and was like, I think he was missing her or what the, I don't know what the exact story was, but she did the ugly cry on the way out. (laughs) So bad. She left in Panama and I cried after she left. It was like, oh my God, it's like my one like true friend here. So are you guys still friends? Should I be looking at those tweet questions? Oh no, you can look this way. Yeah. We're still good friends. I saw her like a week and a half ago. She was in LA and, um, she's just been like amazing, like friend for life, like, I, you know, after the show, I was like, oh, am I going to, are we going to maintain a friendship? But we really have. Right. Yeah. And Adrian Grenier had a gigantic penis? Huge, yes. The biggest one I had seen at, year to date at that point in time. But Oh, lot... you've since you've seen bigger ones? Yes. <laughs> well, I wrote the book like nine months ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of time to see a lot of penises. Yes, definitely. I was like, I, at the time that was, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Does the person who has the largest one, is that someone famous? No. Mm-mm. Just a regular civilian. Just a regular. Doesn't have to be fe- no. famous. No. With a big penis. I know. It doesn't. Okay. I just don't think anybody cares about the non-famous ones. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure that guy's friends would care and that guy would care. Like, if you want to give a shout out to Oh, I Jeff think he cared. I was, I was like, enough with the, the dick pics already. <laughs> I didn't ask you to send me that. <laughs> He's so proud of it. Well, does it he happens. have big hands? Yes. Huge. But I think that that is a myth. My I friend the guy with small really? feet, tiny feet, and I was like, "Ooh, this isn't going to be good." And there it you, was, yeah, oh. surprising, there shocking. You go. Now Trish, we're talking about dicks. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> That's okay. can we talk about this? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Trish says, "Loves figure skating time and wishes loves figure skating time and wishes it was on twenty four seven. I'm assuming she's talking about when it's figure skating during the Winter Olympics and wishes that was twenty four seven. If I'm going to watch sports, I enjoy figure skating. I do, too. I like the costumes and the glitter and the falling. It is a sport. No, it's not. If I'm going to watch pageantry, I enjoy figure skating. That's fine. 
Gary played ice Name hockey. another sport with, with costumes that have that much sequence. Rhythmic gymnastics. Not a sport. Oh, you're right. That's a tough Gymnastics? That is, they don't have sequins. They don't have sequins. That's a sport. Those, that's And the guys physical. wear sequins, too. Competitive dance. We, I mean, like I said, sport. Um, Just dan- What about the um, Dancing with the Stars? Dancing with the Stars. Professional Dancing with the Stars League. Sports. Okay. Laura Broder says, Sometimes on a work call, I have to resi- resist the urge to end with love you. Just mirror everyone. Yes. I know that. One of my favorite stories, uh, when I worked at the OC Weekly, one of my coworkers, who was a sports reporter... Was interviewing. He was there late interviewing some famous sports person. I don't remember who it was, but he was so embarrassed because he ended the call with "nighty night" because <laughs> that was just how he ends calls with his family. So I totally, I totally understand the uh, ac- almost accidental. I always worry that when I'm texting with someone that I I'm going to write XOXO to end it. I, I haven't yet. I do that. Well, it could be worse. I've actually texted a guy what I was texting to my best friend about the guy. So it could be worse. That does happen. Um, But I think just throw it out there. Hey, love you. Bye. (laughs) You know, it's kind of cute. Wait, when you texted your best friend about the guy, was it what kind of stuff was it? It was about our date the night before. I was actually to Jesse. <laughs> the guy I was dating on and off for a long time. And I was like... Jesse Metcalf. Yeah. And I was like trying to delete it as it was mm. going through. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like blushing for uh, the whole day. And I just wrote back like, sorry, I meant to send that to, you know, to my friend. So it was positive then at least. It was, it was, it was kind of, you know, in the middle. And it was like, it was like it, describing the whole date. Oh, God. <laughs> so mortified. Ugh. Enrico Palazzo says, just mirror everyone. Think it's crazy to get dressed and then brush your teeth. You're playing with fire, people. Well, it depends how messy you are. I mean, sometimes you will get that, like, spray of, if you have a sonic hair or something. I mean, personally, that's something I've been doing every day for 30 years. I'm pretty confident in it. It's it's very rare that I get an unexpected spill or something. Right. Interesting. So you get dressed and then you brush your teeth? Typically. I say you should brush your teeth like right when you wake up in the morning, right? I mean, so it gets like all the metal out of your mouth before you start eating. Hmm. It's supposed to be bad for you, but I do it all the time. I leave the I leave the house with toothpaste all over my face. It doesn't get on my clothes. Now, do you guys look at your phone when you're brushing your teeth? No, no, that's too much. <laughs> sometimes it is too much. That's a little far fetched. And then sometimes that will like splatter on the phone. So I put it on the toilet seat though. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Melissa Jean says, can't eat spaghetti without garlic bread. Just me or everyone. Hashtag carbs, carbs, carbs. I could do that. But I do, in general, like a side of carbs, I feel like I'm fine with that going with carbs. Except that I would not order spaghetti, even though I would want to. I love spaghetti. I oh, do yeah. spaghetti Sundays. You talk about spaghetti, yeah, yeah, spaghetti I do, dinners in but in moderation. I don't try, I try not to do the bread. I used to get that bread in the frozen section. You just pop it in the oven, mm-hmm. and it's like the best thing you ever eat. But I think it's like 1,000 calories per scoop. Or now, have you piece. always been skinny? I have. I've always been – I have had a small frame, and I used to actually try to eat a lot so I could gain weight when I was younger. But and now do you have to watch what you eat? Yeah, now I definitely have to watch it. Um, once I like kind of got 28, 29, it was like, woo. Like, I just can't eat whatever I want. But mm-hmm. I, I, splur- I do Jack and Box tacos. I splurge. I just try to do good on most days. Right. And the wine is definitely something i got to watch. It's like empty calories. 
When you go to castings, do they co- like what kind of comments on your body do they make? Like, do they ever say, "Oh, you need to gain, or you need to lose, or you need to like"? Is that or is that not really even an issue? Well, it's more like you just oh, like you you find out you didn't get the job. It's more your agents that do that, and that's what their job is to do. And like, they'll just be honest with you. Like, I remember like it's happened to me a couple of times during my career. Like, oh, Courtney, you know, like why don't you start doing some yoga, or you probably need to lose five or ten pounds, like because I can kind of yo-yo and go uh-huh. up and down, and it kind of gets away from you. And then you realize like, oh my god, my jeans aren't fitting like they used to. But right. the clients don't really say things unless you ask them like if you're on a job and like something's not fitting you know then it might come up but but your agent will say it based on you not getting a job or just they'll look at you and they'll be like "Mm." what they do is like they have like current polaroids which now are called digitals and you come in and they take like current photos of you just to kind of see where you're at and how Uh you're looking and if you come in and you're overweight they'll tell you like you need to drop a couple lbs or dye your hair or whatever i mean they're professionals they know what looks good and, and is that mortifying or no it, it is it's embarrassing it's happened to me a couple times but then it's like you know constructive criticism like okay i'm gonna start working out and you know cut out all the booze and the, right. the carbs and you know it's just like finding that balance yeah yeah i mean i guess in your it's a lot of pressure though but in your field well one, one could argue in my field too though but in your field it really isn't personal it isn't about you it's like the job of a model is to look a certain way yeah and the clothes to fit right and like to not have to do a lot of retouching like most photographers like they're also involved in the casting process Mm -hmm. and they want to hire someone that they don't have to do as much retouching on so it just makes sense you know to hire someone who's in good shape right Azure Pellegrino says, when I'm driving and smell burning rubber, I'm always paranoid that it's coming from my car when it's obviously not. Yeah, any weird smell on the road, I worry that it might be coming from my car. Me too. Tony DeCoste says, sometimes I have what I think is a funny thought, but when I say it out loud to a friend, I realize it isn't funny at all. Yes. Yes, I have that. Or I have the the opposite too, though, which is where someone tells me something that they think is funny, and I'm like, that's not funny. I think it's Matt a- definitely relates to that one. <laughs> but Matt I'm is someone we work with. Yeah. Yeah. Friend of ours. Is that you? No. No. That's, oh. that's Kaylin, but I think it could work for Kaylin, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, buddy. I do just, like, laugh anyway. If somebody thinks that they're saying something really funny, I just laugh. Courtesy laugh. Kind, it's the know? kind thing to do. Monica Toombs says, clockwise versus counterclockwise. Always have to spin my hand around as if turning a knob to figure out which is which. Yeah. Well, I don't have to do that, but I have to think of a clock. Like, it takes me a second. Yeah. Just like a beat. And I also find myself frequently reminding myself righty, tighty, lefty, loosey if I'm trying to open a jar or something like that. Do you know about the hand thing? That your left hand makes an L and your right hand makes – Not an L. (laughs) Is that where that came from? That was something I was taught when I was young. Yeah. I do know that one. And yet left and right still – I do like also north, like never eat soggy waffles or – Oh, never eat shredded, shredded wheat. wheat was yes. the one I heard. Well, you yeah. and I like might have gone to the same school. There you go. We got taught the same thing. Well, she's from Arizona. We're You're in not. Scottsdale, but... Phoenix. Central? I went to well, I went to school in Southern California, but I spent some time in Arizona for college. Oh my god! Well, this is all coming together. It mm-hmm. makes so much sense. And my husband is from Tucson. No way. Have you yes. been there? I haven't. We were talking about going. I don't go right now. <sighs> it's no, so I won't. hot. Well, but I heard that Tucson. We we were just in Phoenix for the Adam Corolla show, and it was a hundred and nine degrees. Oh, so you know? I know, but it's like being in an oven. But Tucson is um, has more character than Phoenix, right? It's 
there's not as much sure. to do. Character is an interesting way to put it. How, how would you put it? I don't know that. I don't know much about it. Uh, Phoenix impressed me with his um, chain stores. There's a college and not a lot else in Tucson. My sister went to law school down there. It's um, it's there people people. I'm not going to say it. Say it's like the armpit of the world. <laughs> Sorry. Is it not charming? But there's or some quaint? really it's in, in the desert. It's beautiful. Like there's I some mean, really nice resorts. There's stuff there's stuff on the outskirts golf. of Tucson that are charming and quaint. You're not going to hang out in Tucson proper and think that's that's not a good place to go for a vacation. Tucson proper. Like there's in the a, actual like city, like you that's not a good place to there's vacation. There's an ostrich farm on the way to Tucson. There is. Been there. That have a picture neat. with an ostrich. What? True story. You went there? I have a shirt for there, yeah. For cool. sure. Did you get an egg? Like right at the end of college, this girl was like, we're going on an, on an expedition and you're going to love it. And she wouldn't tell any of us where we were going. We ended up at that place. That's it was so, awesome. So that kind of paints the scene. Like what kind – could you compare Tucson to another Southern California town? So North I Hollywood? It? I'd say Palm Springs, but maybe not as many things yeah. to do. Kind of deserty mountains. Yeah, that's that's maybe. that's fair. So Did what's you- the best part of Arizona? I, I think Scottsdale, Phoenix. Like I grew up right I in. Um, I would like we'd crash all the the hotels. It's, you know, ride the water slides and um, a lot of swimming going on. Were we just did we were we just not in the best part of Phoenix for the? We show? were in downtown. I mean, oh, you it, were in downtown Phoenix. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a. That's not a. There's no culture there. Right. No, I mean, if you were in Scottsdale down there. I mean, downtown it was fine, but it's I was fine, like, there's nothing. I don't. It's like, it's like what being draws in, people here. It's like being in downtown LA on a Friday yeah. and Saturday night. Like there's yeah. not a lot going on. Like there's plenty going on seven miles from here. That's really cool. Gotcha. But, oh, you gotta come back. You yeah. Gotta go and have your husband take you to like you know the Phoenician or the, some of the yeah. the Biltmore. Biltmore is yes. also great. Yeah. And get some. That's spa where you want to go in Arizona, and then you want to rent a car and like go down to Tucson for four hours. Okay. Or like, Sedona. Go to Sedona. Sedona looks really pretty in the photos. My parents got married up there. It's beautiful. There's like vortexes. It's like pe- people come from all over the world. And if you haven't seen the Grand Canyon, it's definitely something worth seeing once in your life. Yeah. All right. Just okay. Don't, don't I'll do fall. that because I really I've seen a lot of the Hyatt in downtown Phoenix. Just Dawn says, no clog, ketchup, mustard, squeeze bottle valves, almost guarantee inaccurate and excessive condiment delivery. Yes. Though the ketchup and the mustard squeeze bottles with the flip top, I find you end up actually getting splattered with mustard or ketchup. They are, they're not no mess. They are mess. It's very passionate about And the sound that comes out, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, that's the, the positive is the fart sound. Yeah. But I do find that. joke there, you know? Yeah. You know what it is? I do this thing, which is I've stopped doing it. I've really been burned when it comes to lotion, which is where I like shake it to get the either ketchup or the lotion down near the top. And then I open it up and it goes (laughs) and then it gets on me. I don't know the right way to do it. I guess the right way is to take the to flip the top and then turn it over and then give it like a little shake. It's a lot of rigmarole. It really is. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> Nathan Geving says, and this is the last one, when I hear a news story about Kate Middleton or Upton, I have to stop and think about which one they are talking about. Just mirror everyone. No. <laughs> well, yeah, coming from the guy. Those right. two are very different in my head. People enjoy Kate Middleton. I enjoy Kate Middleton, too. I think she's <laughs> delightful, and I'm sure she's going to be a great statesman. Right. So then I guess the answer is no. You? Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't really mix them up either. Sorry. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so for much for having me. This, this is, is so fun. This was super fun. I love your job. This is like pretty awesome. Oh, and I just remembered you're friends with 
someone that I am a little bit friends with who's been on the show, James Gunn. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. Because I've seen him um, post Instagram photos and you're in them. And you guys went to like a secret dinner. Yeah. What is that? That looks so cool. It was so cool. It's like these pop-up restaurants that they do. It's called the Wolf's Mouth. And they're all over L.A. And it's like, it's not cheap. But, um... Yeah, we, we do the same viewing party together. We watch The Bachelor. He's a fan of the show. Oh, okay. Great guy. Really nice guy. He's so funny. Yeah, how'd you meet him? Um, Just through my mutual friend, actually, who was actually a producer on the show. Right. Along um, Gale. Um, oh, that's the guy <laughs> <laughs> who had the whole... Diane and 7A. Yes. For, for <laughs> listeners who don't know what we're talking about, there was a news story, I think, we possibly discussed it on the show or maybe not. It was like making national news. Yeah, about this guy who was on a plane and what happened? He had a back and forth with her it and was then like turned out he made up the whole thing. weekend, yeah, and it was like he passed a note to Diane and 7A who was like complaining about the flight being delayed and like this whole Twitter banter going back and forth and it was like hit, it went viral. Like the next morning it was on every news station. So. Oh no, sorry, sorry. I was ta- I was asking Gary to, to take the just me or everyone off the screen. Go ahead. Yeah, it went viral and was on Thank you. Every yeah, news went, station. It went on every news that people were reenacting it on the news and like weighing in. Like, what would you do? And was he like kind of giving her like riding her a little bit for being so unpleasant? Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, we're all just trying to get where we're, we have to go. Like, right. just be kind. The message was like, just be kind, you know. And and he's very much like that. He's a good guy, um, but he's so funny. He's got this like Twitter presence. He loves Twitter, and he's he's a good writer. He's really well, smart. Yes. So then it turned out that he made her up. <laughs> well, what had happened was someone came out and made up a, a family member of Diane. And came out and said, like, oh, she has terminal cancer. And <laughs> and then it just exploded. And it was like this, oh, it was, I felt bad for him. I'm like, are you okay, buddy? <laughs> but why Why did he make it up? Do you know? Um, it just, I mean, he's been doing that for years. So he's, he's just into these yeah, kind of public just prank just, hoax things. Yeah. But, I mean, some of them are actually real. <laughs> so, um, but I just, he was, you know, didn't have a huge following. Like, right. he was like, it's more for entertainment. And then it kind of turned into this big thing. Yeah, it was surprising how it got picked up like that. It's just it's, weird timing kind of thing. I when it was like the holidays, and I mean, it was just uh, it exploded. And talk about going viral! I, <laughs> I had know. people tagging me on Facebook like, "Isn't this your friend?" And I'm like, "It's like a news clip." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, I texted him like, "What did you do?" The weird, weird coincidence for me is that the other viral thing involving James Gunn was that he was on the show when we did also involving an airplane when we talked about the story about the woman who was being hit on by the married guy um, on a plane and then she kind of like outed him on Twitter and that turned out to be Melissa Stetton who he later dated and she's also been a guest on the show oh my it's so such things a small that involve viral things and James Gunn or his friends or airplanes this is the ground zero for that Wow. It's actually I'm, a poor choice of words when I'm talking about airplanes, but I'm this just is saying where that's the magic weird. Happens. Exactly. Who knows what could happen next? Well, again, thank you so much. It was so much fun having you on the show. The book is I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends Confessions of a Reality Show Villain by Courtney Robertson. Um, and if you're going to buy it, I would recommend buying it on Amazon. Or if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, I'd recommend this and other stuff. Uh, click through the banner on my website at allisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help out the show. We have a ringtone available. Hey. Hey. 
Hey, go fuck yourself. You can get that, and you need that, and you can get it by searching Hey, Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. We have two special bonus episodes available, recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Um, that was the first year, and the, the second year was Doug Benson and a lot of the Thursday show. Those are each $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. Uh, if you want to email the show, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F at AdamCrolla.com. Um, and where should people go to find you? You're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Bug Robertson Bug and Robertson. Instagram. I love Instagram. That's more of my hobby. I'm trying to get away from food pictures. But yeah, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. And um, and on Twitter, or sorry, on Instagram, are you Courtney Robertson or uh, Bug, Bug Robert- Robertson? My name's too long. It's never available. So right. Nick, my nickname's Bug. So I just go by Bug Robertson. Okay. Uh, and, of course, I should get the book and anything else. And they should look for your commercials and anything yes, else we um, should be keep our eyes peeled for. Well. I'm not a lot. I made the New York Times bestseller list last week. Congratulations. I'm so excited about I don't want to like, you know, over celebrate, but I'm really excited about that. And yeah, just working. I might write a second book. So that's very cool. Looking for summer love, though. How did how did the book come about? You I know, should have asked you that much earlier. Oh, well, you know, I started writing after the after the breakup, and I was like, you know what? Like, we had this bad public breakup, and I wasn't really happy with what people were left with. So I just started writing. And um, and then I wrote a chapter, and I found a, my friend who's a writer, and she helped me write the book. Got an agent. It was a long process, and then got the book deal with HarperCollins. So was it, that was your friend Deb? Yes, Bear, Deb Bear. Mm-hmm. She actually, cool. fun fact, she used to be uh, work at in the tabloids, and she worked at, at um, I think it was in Touch at the time, but they were running stories on me, and so she's like, I feel so bad, <laughs> but it's like, hey, you know, you can't hold grudges, or you know, she's like a dear friend for life. Nice. Um, all right. So we'll follow you, Bug Robertson, on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at ARIYMBF. You can follow Gary on Twitter at G. Patrick Smith. And uh, I think that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show?
Thanks for listening to the show, everyone. Just as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by Nono. To get your Nono and take advantage of the exclusive offer for my listeners, go to nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. That's nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. Now that the show's over, don't forget to check out Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends gourmet recipes and all the fresh ingredients you need to make them right to your door. Go to blueapron.com and see what's on the menu this week. To get your first two meals free, make sure you go to blueapron.com slash allison. That's blueapron.com slash allison.